This is DMOU, Destination Marketing Organization University, the DMO Sectors Podcast, and I'm your host, Bill Geist. DMOU is where you hear the best and the brightest in the destination marketing space, sharing innovative and compelling stories to inspire you to take your destination and organization to the next level. The format for our conversations on DMOU is elegantly simple. It's three questions and a bonus round. But first, I want to take a step to the side to announce that registration for the second Board Leadership for Destination Symposium is now open at destinationleadershipconsortium.com. The first edition of this two-day immersion into board CEO governance last January was a sellout and garnered great testimonials, which you can read on the website. For the uninitiated, the symposium brings together the principles of five of the top consultancies that focus on organizational strength and growth in the DMO world to share best practices and next-generation strategies for board excellence. From board governance to finance to succession planning and culture, new revenue streams, your board leadership will hear the latest guidance and will have lots of time to interact with other board members from around the country, learning and sharing. The first symposium rocked. This one promises to be even better. It's January 25th and 26th in Phoenix. Space is limited, so go to destinationleadershipconsortium.com now and reserve your spot. And now it's on to our show. Sheriff Karamat is president and CEO of PCMA and SEMA, the world's largest community for business event strategists, providing senior level education, networking, and market intelligence for the global business events industry. Sheriff leads the vision, mission, and promise for PCMA's global family of brands. He is a prominent business architect, enabling communities to become catalysts for economic and social progress, organizational success, and personal and professional development. PCMA's vision and purpose is to drive global economic and social transformation through business events. Central to this are expanding PCMA's reach, enhancing its educational offerings, empowering more people, providing additional personnel and professional development, and actively welcoming everyone regardless of their ideas, gender, sexual orientation, ethnicity, or cultural background. Sheriff also emphasizes the need for a fundamental change in the way that meetings and events are approached. He's chair of the 2023 Events Industry Council's Board of Directors. He also serves on the Board of Destinations International, Tourism Diversity Matters, and the U.S. Travel Association. Additionally, Sheriff is a member of the George Washington University's Leadership Council for its Master's in Tourism Administration program. Sheriff Karamet, welcome to DMOU. Bill, it's a pleasure to be with you today, and uh, I'm happy to be a part of DMOU. It's a real honor to have you on the show. And, you know, there were two moments in Dallas earlier this summer at the Destinations International Annual Conference that really stood out for me. One was when Lviv Convention Bureau's Olena Pavluk answered the question from the podium that was, what keeps you up at night? By playing a recording of the air raid sirens she hears virtually every week in Ukraine. And for listeners that may have missed our conversation with Olena on DMLU last month, you can find it in the vault. It's episode 121. But the other moment, and it actually happened twice, was a comment you made once from the main stage that DMOs are missing the boat on artificial intelligence, that over a quarter of your members, which are our clients, are already using AI on a regular basis. And DMO relevance is on the line here. So for your first question, tell us what you shared with the advocacy committee about how AI has had actually a significant impact on your planning for PCMA events. Bill, listen, thank you. And, and I appreciate the fact that you thought that was one of the important moments during the uh, DI's annual conference. Was for me. I think AI, and let me go back and step back in time and think back and paint this picture for people. When the world was moving from the horse and carriage to a car, 
AI is that profound. Its transformational powers is more powerful than when the internet was first invented. And I say that because of the capabilities of generative AI and AI itself. And if we think simplistically of what AI is, you could think of Siri, for example, or if you use Amazon Prime, you could think of how Amazon remembers your order. And that's all done through AI. The reality is that AI is everywhere around us. AI is now, it's not tomorrow. And uh, it has this potential of impacting every facet of the business events industry, of every stakeholder in the business events industry, including DMOs, event organizers, convention centers, and the like. And as I would say, Bill, AI will not take your job away, but people using AI will take your job away. <laughs> yeah. what, what I'm here to tell DMOs today is that AI is actively being used by event organizers around the world today to help them in every aspect of uh, planning and executing a conference. An example that relates to DMO, we're using AI to compare um, uh, proposals. We're using AI to look at features of a destination and uh, the benefits of being in a destination. We're using AI to do that and it can actually show us in a matter of seconds uh, whether a destination is going to suit our needs or not. We are using AI to help us design our events based on the destination features and the destination uh, characteristics. But that's just a small subset of what we are using the technology for today in the business event space. Right now, we've got just in our closed system, we've got over 5,000 event organizers in the country actively uh, that are actual super users of AI to help them plan and execute their events. So if DMOs are not understanding what their clients are doing, how they're approaching destination selection, how they're approaching assessing a destination, and how they're comparing uh, proposals, that will certainly have a profound impact on DMOs and sort of the relevance of DMOs if they're not aware, first of all, and secondly, how that they should use AI themselves to assist event organizers to actually even be more effective in their searches and actually their evaluations of destinations. I think the moment that really threw me, and I was sharing it with almost everybody that I talked to in the halls afterwards as we were talking about AI, because that was our annual convention question. And whenever we go to annual convention, we record people in the halls and in the trade show area and ask them a single question, the same question over and over and get some really interesting answers. And I got to tell you that probably 75% of the people that I said, would you like to talk about your experience with AI said, we're not there yet. We're just looking at it. We're not, we don't see the application. And yet when you stood up an advocacy committee and said that it used to take you 50 hours to review all the speakers for your events. And it now takes two. That's when the light bulb went off for, I think, everybody in the room that, oh my, <laughs> you know, we can get a lot more done and we can be a lot better as a partner with our events planners if we get on board. Absolutely. You know, I, and I'm going to say this again because I, I know there's fear. AI will not take your job away people using AI will take your job away. Yeah. And so it's important for people to understand that there's nothing to fear. 
These systems are intuitive. They're easy to use. Now, think about this. If you are cutting down from 50 hours to, to two hours, you've saved yourself 48 hours. Either you can have that time back for yourselves to enjoy your lives, or you can actually repurpose the 48 hours so that you can really spend uh, time being more creative for your clients, being with your clients, just actively addressing their needs, and actually will then allow you to maybe even expand your client base because it's freeing up your time for the most mundane task that you really don't want to do in the first place. And it's giving you more of your time to focus actually on client needs and, and what their needs are. Also, what it does is it allows you the flexibility and the creativity, time for being creative, which most people don't have time because we're all in the do mode and we're execution mode. Instead of broadening our client base or really looking clearly at what type of clients we want, the amount of time we spend on just executing today, think of AI as being another co-pilot for you or for your team members as a co-pilot where it is taking away all those mundane tasks that you would normally have to do that is not bringing or increasing the value for your clients, but actually it's just a requirement that you need to get it done. This is anything from uh, reporting to analyzing data to actually just helping with a press release or repurposing content. Those things are, are so much easier and intuitive with AI which you would be spending or your team or your marketing teams or your sales teams would be spending hours and hours and hours creating, rewriting and writing and, and rethinking of it. Whereas you will have maybe 90% of it done, 85% of it done, and you're just touching it up and putting it in, in your own voice. And mundane, I think, is that operative word. In our prep call before we actually went live, you also used the word minutia that we probably, all of us, not just DMOs and not just event planners, but we get so consumed with the detail and with the minutia that it prevents us really from being the visionaries that we need to be, you know, going out there. And, you know, the more I thought about it after, you know, we talked in Dallas and then, you know, I, I came away with only 10 minutes worth of content in that episode about how DMOs are using AI. I began to think about why DMOs are being so hesitant to get into it and, and why event planners like your members are all in. And I think it's because we're using it or we're imagining the use in a different way. I see what your members are doing as an amazing tool to clear out the clutter and say, okay, you know, these proposals or these destinations, this is just not gonna happen. And I don't need to spend an hour figuring that out. AI can help me with that. On the DMO side though, I wonder if the hesitancy is, that's not what we do. We, we're not trying to declutter. We're trying to build content. And I think that there may be some concern that AI will create content that is not accurate. And actually I was on a call where somebody was showcasing this, this travel AI thing. And the request was, give me a 30-day itinerary on Route 66. And the engine came back with, you start in Chicago? Yep, absolutely. Then you go to St. Louis? Okay, maybe. Then you go to Springfield, Illinois? Whoa, 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 whoa. You cut those out of order, 
right? So the human interaction has to be there. Let them give you the 30 and say, okay, 28 of those are pretty good. I got to fix those too. And I think that that's been the fear is that AI may misrepresent what a destination marketing organization is trying to say. I am going to take a slight, a different take on that, Bill. I think that's an, maybe an excuse for not trying something new to deliver new value. Fair enough. If something is going to give you back between 30 and 70% of your time back, surely you can spend 10% of that time to ensure you double check the content like you would do anything. And it would still then give you back 50% of your time. The ability to then repurpose that time to truly increase your client connection, your direct contact with your clients is what you need to do or actually really create the type of content that you need to create. AI will not be perfect. The good thing about AI, and I think what you, the specific example you, you're citing is the part of generative AI. And the way I see that, it actually allows you, it's like turning on a creative part of your brain to allow it to generate things that some of it is not gonna be factual, but some of it just going to be creating things where you can use their creativity match with the reality on the ground so that you can present yourself in a much more compelling way, which is factual. Whether it's Route 66 and 28 of the 30 things are correct, then you strike the two, but it actually presents the, the information in such a way and allows for creativity that your team can just run with it and think of how much time that will save in your marketing efforts if that's what you're doing to get some content on the website or to send out content to your customers uh, on whatever packages you're trying to create. My personal opinion is that the DMO business model, Bill, has not changed in 50 years. And this is another example of a hesitation to experiment and evolve so they can be much more valuable to their customers, their stakeholders, and their community. I think you make a great point that if this is going to save us 50% time, it really is going to save us 40 because we're going to have to put 10 back into making sure that we're, we're fact-checking yeah. and making sure that it's accurate. So that's great. So you've actually gone even a step further. I mean, you know, putting your money where your mouth is. Um, PCMA has launched a free education and development initiative focused on the evolution of AI. Tell us about Project Spark. So why did we develop Project Spark? Was well, because of some of the things that we already talked about, especially on the generative AI, and also around data privacy and ownership of data. Project Spark was developed and born because we felt that the business events industry, the entire ecosystem, whether it's a DMO, an event organizer, a convention center, whatever the, the aspect of the stakeholders, our industry was basically a laggard industry. And we realized that we will be left further behind other industries in the world, any industry, name it, if we did not actually start to adapt and adopt AI into our business practices. And so that was the birth of Project Spark. And Project Spark, if for a better term, is people in the business event space, people in the DMO space. It is for them, by them. So all the things that are in there are related to the space that all of us operate in day in, day out. 
Project Spark is intuitive. It's not something that's intimidating. It is prompt based. So you just prompt the, the tool about something you want to inquire about. And within seconds, it will give you answers. It will give you examples of agendas. It will give you examples of a repurposing content for say, for example, if a DMO wanted to do a press release on something, it will generate a press release for that DMO within a matter of seconds. And then, okay, as we just talked about, maybe 85% of it would be accurate or it would not be exactly in your voice, but the whole outline would be done for you. You would change a few words to make sure it reflects your voice and maybe correct a few things that might, a date might be wrong or something and, and off you go. Now, what is incredible about that press release, you can then change that uh, if it's a press release or if it was a podcast you did, you can turn the podcast into a press release. You can easily turn that podcast into a LinkedIn post or a Twitter or a, an X post. And you, it can be repurposed in so many different facets within a matter of minutes. Now think for a second, Bill, if a DMO had to do that and a marketing executive had to do that, they will be sitting there pondering for a day or two before they even come up with a thing or for hours and then repurposing it would take another few hours. Yeah. This will give right. you that format framework and content in a matter of seconds so they can focus on other things and then just correct it in a few minutes and then and put it in their voice if there needs to be changed and off you go. And that will be done within a matter of minutes. That was just one facet. There is legal facets. You can look at legal things. There is analytics to it where DMOs absolutely need analytics to focus on where they should actually be focusing on as in terms of the business that should be coming to their destination. And the clients are using the same to show how profitable their events are, uh, if their events are successful, what type of audiences they're attracting. It can do the gamut, right? So I feel that it is more of an understanding or a lack of awareness of this tool. You don't really have to learn anything. You, it is there and it is prompt based. So it's not forcing you to, to sort of figure out how the technology work, if you will. Now, what else is you should know? And so I want to be fair to DMOs, close to 5,000 power users that we have in Project Spark right now. Guess what, Bill? Uh, the number three power user is a DMO. Okay. There is an awareness from the DMO community that this can be a powerful tool for them. And what is also happening is that they are asking Project Spark to do training for their uh, teams so that they can uh, feel more comfortable in the environment. But I, I have this to say to everyone. There is nothing to fear about using the technology. All you need to do is go on it, play around with the thing. There is no cost to do it. You will be amazed of how it is going to help you. And I tell every DMO, regardless of which facet in the DMO you're working, whether it's marketing, sales, administration, uh, use it, membership, use it, and you will find uh, it to be a perfect executive assistant to yourself, a co-pilot for you, and it will free up your time so much that you will have time to do the things that are truly client-facing that are going to make your destination even more valuable. 
love your vision for the future. And one of the things I miss most about serving on the Destinations International Foundation Board is that your term concluded before mine did, because I always found your commentary beyond insightful. So you really see some things through a seriously fascinating lens. So my last question to you goes to your crystal ball. You say that DMOs have been operating with pretty much the same business model for 50 years. The recent DI future study provides an interesting take on where DMO pros think we're going. I'm more interested in where you think we're going. What's the vision for the future of DMOs from Sheriff's mind? <laughs> uh, well, that's an interesting one. I, I, <laughs> here is what I think of DMOs. I think they can be, and some of them are, so I want to make sure that DMOs know that I feel some of them are. I believe that DMOs can play the most vital role where it comes to economic good and social good for their communities. They are an amazing connector of government, industry, universities, clients, all aspects of business in their communities. Traditionally, and still, DMOs are still being seen as representing the hospitality industry, heads and beds, filling convention centers, airlines, and taxis. But what DMOs can do is play a vital role of connecting with the sectors that are important in that community, regardless of which city you're in, what are the businesses that needs to grow? And where are the laser focused by governments, corporations, and the community of where they want to grow to create the type of jobs and the high paying jobs that they want in their community. And I believe that DMOs need to play that role in order to actually survive as an entity, because sooner or later, event organizers will find a way if they're truly not helping to grow their business in those communities, event organizers are going to find a way to bypass a DMO. So I'm bullish about the role for a DMO and, and the place the DMOs has in society, but I, I feel that DMOs need to grab that mantle and run with it and take advantage of it. And this is part of, for example, something like uh, Project Spark or AI of freeing up a DMO time to re think their business, the type of business they're in, and show the value that they are to their communities. And that will allow DMOs to change their funding models, as an example. The second part is that I do believe that DMOs can play another role, and that is uh, beyond the sort of economic good. And it's the social aspect in their community. Today, around the world, across the country, you see so many social um, disparities in in our society whatever you want to think about it uh, whatever the inequities that people uh, or social things that they're grappling with if dmos are seen as true community leaders they can attract the type of events that will help address the social issues that they're faced with in their community and that's another way that dmos can show stewardship and leadership within their communities and if I see that DMOs are thinking that way about the economic and social impact of their community, creating not just jobs, but higher paying jobs in the industries that are important and addressing the social issue, I see a DMO can write their ticket to their future and be a valuable, valuable asset to their community that the community and government is coming to them 
instead of us going to them and looking at them for handouts. Couldn't agree more. And, you know, we've been saying for quite some time that the ultimate role of a destination marketing organization should not camp out on quote unquote tourism. We should be the marketing agency for every possible asset and advantage of a community to every potential user. And that could be economic development, that could be social, that could be, and yeah, it could be tourism. But there, there should be one agency that promotes the destination, the community, to everyone. And no one is better situated to do that than today's DMO that is looking out into the future as you are. So thank you for that. Time for the bonus round question. And let me just take a step back to kind of explain why I'm, I'm intrigued with this. And I think that uh, when people learn the answer to your bonus round question, they're going to get a better sense of, as they say, the bona fides hmm. of your comments. So years ago, the Wisconsin Lodging Association has, was in a search for a new CEO. They were down to two candidates. One of them had DMO experience. A number of us continue to be quite sure that relations between DMOs and the hotels would have been far more productive had they gone with the guy who understood both sides of the equation. But they didn't. And it's been a rocky road for over 20 years. I wonder if that's not part of the close relationship that PCMA and Destinations International enjoy today because you used to be one of us. So tell us about your years on the DMO side. Well, you know, uh, Bill, thank you for asking. And I, I, I was hanging on to figure out what that question was going to be uh, for sure. Um, and I wasn't <laughs> sure what you were going to ask me. I still feel I'm one of us in that same trench or pond or lake because I believe no client is on an island on its own. And event organizers need DMOs and DMOs need event organizers. So I do think that we have to work hand in hand. But I, I would say this, I felt a sense of responsibility and obligation when I worked for DMO. You know, I worked through not just COVID, but I did work through SARS. Yeah. And it showed the power of a DMO that can have on a community when something happened like SARS or COVID and overnight all the business was gone. And the profound impact back then, because it wasn't universal or global, it was a few cities that uh, had SARS and the profound impact that it had on those communities and the jobs that were lost. And so, um, and in many sectors, it wasn't just in the hospitality sector, in many sectors, uh, jobs were lost. So I do feel that it shows the power of a DMO. And that is why I am still very passionate about the role that DMO can play. When I was with a DMO, I came from the hotel sector. I did not want to work for a DMO because I, I wasn't, I didn't believe I truly appreciated the role that a DMO played until I actually started working for a DMO and saw the potential of an organization that was not universally known in its community about the role that it served to help generate economic good for that city and help its all its citizens uh, have a better life. Yeah. So I have a lot of respect for DMOs, Bill. And at the same time, I want to be critical of DMOs because I know the potential of DMOs and I would not want DMOs to be relegated to irrelevance. So uh, I, I, I wrestle with that. 
Isn't it funny that you came from hotels and were reluctant to go into the DMO world? When I was running Madison, we would oftentimes hire top hotel salespeople for the role of sales in our organization. And I would always greet them on Monday morning of their first day. And then I would leave them completely alone. I would just, I would try really hard to just avoid them for the rest of the week. And then I'd pop my head in around 3.30 on Friday afternoon, say, how's it going? And they'd all, every one of them would look at me and go, holy shit, I had no idea. <laughs> and it's true. <laughs> they really didn't. But uh, so cool. Sheriff, once again, thank you for all you do for all of us in both of our industries and for being our conscience on AI and so many other topics. It's been an honor to have you on the show. Before we let you go, what's up next for PCMA? Well, a, a couple of things. One is, um, you know, I, I strongly believe in collaboration, Bill. I believe that there's too many industry organizations and um, I would like to see more consolidation in our industry. So I will continue to pursue uh, the fact that to deliver more value, we need to consolidate our strengths. So that's one area I'm going to work on. Uh, two is um, my strong belief is that people don't know what they need to know, and including myself. And how do you get to know what you need to know if you don't know it? And the only way you get to know that is by intersecting yourselves with other industries. So you will see more and more of PCMA stepping out of our space and partnering with other industries, other verticals, not just tech, not just uh, healthcare, not just AI um, and financial services, but we will partner with all sectors to bring new value to business event space, to DMOs, because I believe that's the only way we learn and they can learn from us as well. And I think uh, not just PCMA, but our industry has a lot to give, and but we also have to learn and we have to evolve. And we will evolve, not by just sitting amongst ourselves, talking to ourselves, but by intersecting with others. So you will see a lot more of that. Uh, you know, we have a relationship with American Geophysical Union on sustainability. We partner with GevMe for um, uh, Project Spark. Well, we're gonna do a lot more of that to bring new value and help create new value for our sector and all the stakeholders in the business events industry. And your next big event? Next, well, the real next big event is um, in January in San Diego, the first week of uh, January, and that's convening leaders in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, but our European conference is a, at about four weeks away in uh, Copenhagen, the, uh, convening EMEA, um, uh, the week of September 20th uh, in Copenhagen. Yeah, great city, both. Hey, Sheriff, thank you so much once again for all you do and for coming on the show. It has been a, a real honor. Um, Bill, thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. And, uh, and uh, I really appreciate the fact that uh, you wanted me on your program. Oh, absolutely. We'll have you back real soon. That's it for this edition of DMOU. Tell your friends and peers this is where the best and the brightest come to share their stories. It's DMOU.com. Remember, registration for the second Board Leadership for Destination Symposium is now open at DestinationLeadershipConsortium.com. The first edition of this two-day immersion into Board CEO governance last January was a sellout, and it garnered great testimonials, which you can read on the website. Symposium brings together the principles of five of the top consultancies that focus on organizational strength and growth in the DMO world to share best practices and next generation strategies and plenty of time for board members to interact with other board members from around the country. 
Our first symposium rocked. This one promises to be even better. It's January 25 and 26 in Phoenix. Space is limited, so go to destinationleadershipconsortium.com now to reserve your spot. And dmopros.com is where you're going to find links to our services for the DMO sector, our position papers on board diversity and a new model for destination development, the book Destination Leadership, the biggest DMO job board on the planet, plus access to past episodes of DMOU. That's dmopros with a Z.com. And regardless of how you access DMOU, be sure to subscribe to get notified the moment that new episodes drop. Executive producer of DMOU is Terry White, and this is a production of DMO Pros. I'm your host, Bill Geist. Until next time.